Hello, welcome. Hi, to welcome to Gig Tales. <laughs> Gig Tales oh, podcast. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to synchronize on Zoom. We are still coming at you from our safely distanced uh, podcast recording. Uh, hello, Respective studios, which are. Uh, <laughs> A dining room and a bedroom. Yes, currently I am still relegated to the dining room. The attic, the pod attic is still in progress, but we're almost there. It's mm. pretty exciting. Actually, my dad gave me, um, he, they've been doing some cleaning as, you know, I have as well, just cleaning out mm-hmm. crap. You know, I think a lot of people have been in that kind of like spring cleaning mode. And um, he had a bunch of old albums and he gave me yeah a bunch of old really cool ones so we're going to yeah i'm not like i don't i'm not into playing vinyl really i haven't gotten into that but i'm gonna use them as like decor in the like i think in the attic stairway i used to have in my old house i had like a wall in the music room that i put all records on that was really cool yeah that's right um so i'm I'm gonna do something like that i'm probably gonna alienate a lot of people and you know as if i haven't alienated everyone already I don't give a fuck about like whether it's vinyl or CD, like MP3 or MP4, Mm -hmm. whatever, like pretty much as long as it's not on cassette tape. (laughs) I mean, it's just honestly like cassettes are fine. It's just not convenient. You have to like, Mm -hmm. like rewind and stop and you don't have like markings. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I get the, I understand the viewpoint of like, you know, compressing music down into like these digital files and that the quality of like streaming isn't the same. And I totally agree. And I get that for me, I just care more about like the convenience. I'd rather have music everywhere in my, in my, at my fingertips. Yeah. But I can, I I can appreciate like a good, you know, old record or even a CD nowadays. I actually feel the opposite. I feel that I know like the argument is that you compress it and the quality is different. I think the quality is better on when you're streaming it. And, you know, like I'll just use Led Zeppelin as an example. I've been listening to my uh, Led Zeppelin. We'd listen to it on vinyl mm-hmm. when I was a kid because that's what you had. Right. Um, we did not have that stuff on tape, for example. And then I got the box set, the Led Zeppelin box set of CDs, mm-hmm. um, for my 18th birthday. Nice. Badass. And uh, yeah, that's all I wanted. I was like, I want the Led Zeppelin box set. So I got that. And um, then, you know, obviously since then, I, that's up in my attic, I guess. I don't even know where it is. I used to like really protect that. And now I listen to it obviously on streaming. And mm-hmm. I, um, I would definitely say I prefer the CDs and the streaming to the vinyl. Yeah. Like I no offense, but <clears throat> some, a lot of the stuff that we stream now has been remastered too. So then there's a yes. lot of that too. Like the, mm-hmm. you'll hear things differently in the mixes and whatever, mm-hmm. but like there's, I love listening to like old recordings and just mm-hmm. where you can hear that they're like, you know, I was listening to like some old, like Sam cook stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where you can like hear that people are like gathered around a microphone, you know, mm-hmm. and like everyone's in the same room. And I just think, I don't know, some of that is like the feel. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with whatever format. I think they all serve their purpose. They're both fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say like, I will listen to all of them and I have listened to all of them, but listen to it in the way that you want. Yeah. 
That's why there's all different stuff. I think it's cool. As long as it's not on cassette, I won't <laughs> allow it. Oh, okay. don't even mention eight tracks to her. No, oh. no, no. I've actually <sighs> never listened to an eight track. Me I can neither. honestly say that. Me neither. Ooh, yeah. Well, they had a very. I think they had a shorter lifespan than cassette tapes. Actually, I think so <laughs> must have been. I don't know. We'll ask our parents, or if you know, if you know, you tell us. We'll tell you. Yeah, you tell us. <laughs> We'll we'll try to remember to tell you. <sighs> okay. So this week. Yes. So um we were trying to think of like, you know, new and different formats and cool things to bring to you all. And um we had been throwing around this idea of potentially reviewing like a musical movie or a documentary and how like documentaries might be tough and whatever. And so I had posted on our Instagram um, asking for recommendations for music movies and things that we could review in an episode. And we're going to try that out as a new format. So that'll be sometime in the future. So if you do have recommendations, let us know. Um, yeah, please tell us. Yeah. So in that Insta post, of course, our, uh, our, our number one fan and we are his number one fan, Greg, um, he wrote in and, and recommended the documentary show business, the road to Broadway. Um, mm. so I watched it because it was just cool. It followed a, a season, like a three musicals through their season, like their, their debut season. And then all the way to like the Tony awards at the end of the season and just sort of what it takes to get a show up and running and all of that. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Four shows, four shows, <laughs> it was four shows. I didn't watch it. I don't, it doesn't yet yeah, in case anyone's fact checking, but it was cool. It's on Amazon prime. So for sure, if you're into Broadway or you're just like curious about how that process works and you like the behind the scenes stuff, it's pretty cool. Um, and then <laughs> Wicked was one of the shows that they were following. So it was Wicked's like debut season on Broadway. Um, and if you don't know about Wicked, it's about the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, it's sort of a take on like her her life, her perspective and like knowing the yeah. good witch Glenda like during school and all of that. It's it's you know, super popular, super famous, did ended up doing super well. But their staging in that show is nuts. So um and and some of the critics were talking about it saying, which I thought was interesting, is that like Broadway was so got so expensive and now it's like not even a thing. But um, you know, it had gotten so expensive that it was like people some of the more simple shows with simpler sets weren't doing as well and they think it's because people yeah they think it's because audience members want to see their money on the stage so if you go to a show and there's like tons of production and props and staging and costumes and pyro and just ridiculousness then the audience members tend to feel like they got more for their money you know like well hey well, Hamilton proved them all wrong. There's <laughs> right. like, yeah. yeah, there's really not, it's not super, Much. super complex. It's really cool. They do a lot, but, but yeah. So, th- and this was, uh, God, I don't know what year it was, but it was whatever year Wicked and Avenue Q came out. So this is a little bit ago. So I think it was sort of like Broadway was sort of starting to die off with like the younger crowds and it's expensive and who can afford it and all of that. So in seeing just, and I've seen Wicked once um, when it came to Boston, and I, it reminded me like the state, the staging is ridiculous, and there's a lot happening, and like, so I was like, oh, maybe there's something in there with like 
Broadway mishaps or something. Like, there's <gasps> got to be like gig tales. Oh, God. So I started researching that, but then I ended up actually getting a little bit off and I got sidetracked and ended up going down a, a parallel, a similar but different kind of parallel path to that idea. So I will be going back and looking into like Broadway staging mishaps and things. So if you can know I, anything, please let me know. Can I just make a, a statement that I think when you said that, I got really <laughs> like tense and I'm I'm not into Broadway, like that's not my thing, but I think that might be one of the worst things I could imagine is <laughs> like staging or something going wrong on Broadway. Oh. And I don't know why, hmm. but that really struck a chord with me when you said that. I was like, oh no, oh no, it's going to be so bad. Because like, I feel like those things are so meticulously fucking timed and planned. Mm-hmm. For one. Number two, people are spe- spending a ton of money to go there. Something goes wrong. Like, um, what's her name? Uh, Christina Applegate, something mm-hmm. like that happened to her. She fell um, during the middle of like a big musical that she was in and she like broke her leg mm-hmm. in the process and they had to like, and she tried to come out and keep singing. And they were like, we have to stop the show now. Yeah. <laughs> and they just like stopped it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that. That is so fucking upsetting to me. Huh. But it, it is. is it like the embarrassment for the performer or like the feeling of like, oh my God, if that were me and I would die like, or... I think it's the feeling of how just going by my gut right now and what I'm feeling in my brain is how it throws everything off because those things are so fucking like, so let's say, you know, Led Zeppelin is on stage and, you know, fucking Robert Plant, uh, you know, gets a leg cramp. (laughs) He can like run off stage for a little while and Mm -hmm. like, they can play Jimmy like Page Dick can like I don't know like they can riff or something they can like I feel like they can fake something for a little while but mm-hmm. there's something about Broadway to me that's like it, no one little thing falls apart and like the whole thing falls apart so if someone like falls and breaks a leg like how do you even continue mm. yeah that's interesting yeah it is very like super dependent on the people yeah of like every everyone hitting their marks i guess so yeah mm-hmm. well you have some yeah. time to mentally prepare yourself because i didn't go down that route today but i will <sighs> i will in the future so if you know of any uh please let me know tell me and i'll tell you back but so what i did stumble upon in these searches is that apparently broadway is super haunted so yeah that sounds about right yeah so how do you how do you feel about ghosts terry what's your stance um i am a Mm non-believer but i appreciate a good like ghost story Mm -hmm. i'll listen to them yeah yeah I I, I, i i'm not like but yeah mm-hmm. yeah i kind of feel like i'll i'll hear him i'll yeah, hear him yeah i i think i'm similar like i feel agnostic about ghosts like i can't i'm not like yeah. ghost hunting but i can't tell you that there aren't ghosts like i don't know i can't i can't definitively say that they're not there yeah. but i love a good like haunting story i don't know it's fun so um yeah so i don't believe in ghosts at all however I don't, I think there are things, how do I want to say this? I'm a firm non-believer in ghosts. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think they exist. But I like the idea of like something happening that's almost beyond explanation and then trying to figure out like, why would that happen? Mm -hmm. Or why would people see that? Or what's behind that? Mm -hmm. And who knows like what other kind of forces are out there, even if it's not a ghost that like, like imagine if you were sitting in a room with a bunch of rotten eggs, but none of us had a sense of smell kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Like, yeah. There could be shit forces going on that we don't know of, like energy mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do believe in phantoms. Oh, for sure. Yes. As Specifically phantoms hunting operas. Yes, of the operas. So, okay. So let's see what we can figure out here. Um, so most of this information is from an article on playbill.com called The Real Life Ghost Stories Behind Broadway's Nine Haunted Theaters. Um, so I got most of my info from there, but I did cross reference in some other articles and things and gather some more information. Um, so I, this sort of all came about the whole like Broadway is haunted. It really took, took flight or in, in 2014. So there was a security camera at the Brookside theater in Romford, um, United kingdom that captures chairs and a table moving seemingly on their own of course after that's the kind of shit that i can't fucking so and it was after a psychic medium held a show there it was like the night after that the night after there was like a psychic medium show at this theater so the there's the clip is online you can watch it Uh, it's like it went viral and (gasps) lots then suddenly like lots of haunted theater stories began to pop up so i think here we're really hitting on stories from beyond the stage. <laughs> we always say. Yeah. Beyond, beyond the, the beyond. Stage. Yes. Um, so to me, to be honest, this to is me, the bed, bath and beyond. <laughs> bed, bath and beyond the stage. <laughs> to me, the video, you can watch it, but it kind of looks like it could be like a small animal running through the theater that like bumped into the chairs and nudged them. But it's like, I, it's like, I don't think a squirrel could have moved them as much as it did, but you can't see an animal. You see like a flash and like things move, but I don't know. It's hard. So from there, a bunch of like other people started right. to like a, other stories started to surface and it became like a thing that Broadway is haunted. And some Broadway theaters seem to be more haunted right. than others. So the two that are like the big ones are the new Amsterdam and the Belasco those have had like multiple stories. And I mean, now they even do like Broadway haunted Broadway, like walking tours and things like that. Well, I don't know about right now cause nothing is happening, but you know, <laughs> pre no. pan, probably not. I'm going to go with no, but mm-hmm. yeah. Pre pandem, you know, um, probably so. post pan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take you through uh, kind of theater by theater here. So starting with the new Amsterdam, The New Amsterdam is supposedly haunted by Olive Thomas. She's the ghost that haunts that theater. She's well known as the most active ghost on Broadway. Um, She's so commonly known that Dana Amendola, who's the vice president of operations for Disney, the Disney uh, theatrical group, who now owns that theater, has placed photographs of her at every entrance to the theater so that workers can greet her when they arrive for work. And this is believed to keep her mischief to a minimum. 
The st- so the story of Olive is that she was a chorus girl in the 1915s oh, no. Seinfeld Follies uh, on that New Amsterdam main stage. And she was in the midnight frolics at the more intimate um, roof. There was like a, a like another like kind of venue on, at the roof level of the New Amsterdam, um, the top floor of that building. So Olive was whisked out to Hollywood and where she made, she made a handful of silent films. She married Jack Pickford and he was kind of known as like, Oh, oh yeah. The, the hottie, yeah. the hottie of, of the, the hottie of the Nickelodeon scene. Yeah. We all know him. So, so his, his sister, Mary Pickford was like a superstar at that time. And he was known as like her ne'er do well brother. So he was just kind of like, whatever. So he marries Olive um, and they go on a trip to Paris in 1920 where Jack tells Olive that he contracted syphilis and that she probably (gasps) had it as well. (laughs) Quick quest, quick side quest. And I think this all, all the time when I watch like a period piece or anything, how do they not all have fucking syphilis? all the time like i think, I think they about did. them doing it and stuff. like did they all just fucking have syphilis and like utis and shit like probably oh i know i don't get it and like <sighs> until 1976 i feel like everyone <laughs> had gonorrhea <laughs> oh i don't know it was a different kind of pandemic you know so syphilis yeah so he's like hey baby we're i know we're in like the city of love but you've got the sif you know so she um following that she accidentally and i'm making air quotes around accidentally swallowed an entire bottle of jack's medicine which was a mercury bichloride which is poisonous in large quantities So she died two days later and her body was brought back to Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx for burial. (sighs) So there was a lot of like her family was like, that was not an accident, blah, blah, blah. Like there was a lot of, you know, conjecture happening. But regardless, after her death, employees at the New Amsterdam started reporting seeing her backstage and it continued periodically throughout the 20s until the theater um, was, it went through a period decades where it was very seldomly used. So in the mid nineties, hmm. Disney bought the theater. Oh, in the thirties? Pro- yeah, about yeah. From like the thirties through almost through the nineties, yeah. So in the mid nineties, Disney bought the building, the oh, entire building. What? Mm-hmm, and they began like a major renovation. So during construction, the construction workers actually reportedly would see a woman carrying a blue bottle. I think she was wearing like a beaded green dress and carrying a blue bottle that was similar to the pill bottle that is described that she took the pills from. Um, How do they know what the pill bottle looks like? I don't know. I guess what they probably just like the official pill bottle yeah, of, of the twenties. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. similar reports. So it happened during construction. And then also when King David opened at the theater, when it was newly renovated. And then also when Lion King took over in 1997, similar reports. So in the mid two thousands, which you deleted from history, um, 
Amendola, <laughs> that VP at Disney. I updated. I updated. I changed my mind and I went for the 2010s. I changed That's it right. later. That's right. Okay. So we can keep this part. So uh, that we can VP, keep the ghost. Yeah. The VP at Disney was. Um, touring the area that used to be the roof theater and they were looking to turn that area into offices. And as he passed under the area that used to be the stage, he heard someone tap dancing on the floor above him. So he like ran up the stairs to see who was up there. And of course you guessed it. No one is there. So from then on, he became like her keeper and he believed in her and he documented sightings of her. And he says that people who did not know each other, who didn't know of each other from different eras and who were in different shows on in that theater would claim sightings of Olive and they would imitate her voice in exactly the same way. So they would say that they heard her voice and they'd imitate it. But these people like don't know each other. They didn't know of each other. And this is like, early 2000s so it wasn't just like oh you googled and you knew about olive like people didn't you know you know so interesting people didn't just have the internet at their hands okay here's my one qualm with that how does he know it was her that was tap dancing couldn't someone some other person have tragically died Mm -hmm. and that's the tap dancer but she's the one with the bottle could it be more than one could be it could be more than one. There could be ghosts doing gigs and they're like, I have my tap recital right now. That's the gig tale. You know? So and we all just think it's Olive. But. <laughs> um, there was actually a night watchman that resigned on the spot after he says he saw a woman cross the stage and disappear through a solid wall. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, here's here's a quote. I pulled this this particularly for you being a prominent feminist. This is a quote from the Playbill article. Um, and I think this was from the Disney VP. So during the previews of Aladdin, a female replacement conductor who had worked on Mary Poppins and knew about Olive was getting ready in a dressing room backstage. She spoke out loud to Olive saying, well, Olive, I'm back again and I'm a little nervous. I just wanted to introduce myself again and ask if you could please give me some good luck. And then she wondered aloud, I wonder what the Follies girls would have thought of a female conductor. And just then, four of the round dressing room bulbs flickered on and off for a few seconds and then stopped. The bulbs were all new, having just been replaced for the new show. Amandola said it was like a wink. She was signaling that she was fine with the idea. Come on. Oh, my God. Now that we have prominent feminist ghosts, (laughs) she's like, do it, girlfriend. Okay. That could have been multiple follies. I'm just saying. Olive might not be the only one. Her friends might be there with her. Could be all the girls. They could be like doing a a ghostly rockets situation. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe they put on shows. Let's get real. Yeah, like everyone ghosts. died tragically. Everyone died tragically before 1972. So like yeah. I'm sure all those, all the other follies died tragically. Mm-hmm. So uh, they might, it, she, maybe she's like the leader or maybe she's like the most, um, prominent, like visible, known, prominent mm-hmm. of the fem of the ghost feminists. <laughs> um, but I think there might be more than one. There could be. She, however, is so famous that 
people come from all over just to catch a glimpse. So the theater staff, they were actually people like they would go to shows there and then they would hide in like dark corners and under seats and stuff to try to stay in the theater after it closed down to try to catch her. So there's a special sweep that the security staff have to do each night after shows just to catch people that hide and try to stay after the theater closes. So everyone is like really wanting to catch a glimpse of all of, they really want to go to the ghost gig, you know? Yeah. I cannot under so I'm a non-believer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I cannot understand people who would hide by themselves in a corner trying to see a ghost. If I saw a ghost, I would fucking I wouldn't just shit my pants. I'd shit your pants. Like that would destroy me. I I would never sleep again. I'd never be alone again. Like yeah. that that would absolutely wreck me. Yeah. Like why are we trying to see? Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's the New Amsterdam. Um, the Belasco Theater is also super haunted, and it's said to be haunted by its one-time owner, David Belasco. Fun fact, David Belasco was known as the Bishop of Broadway because he would wear a priest's uh, cassock, like the robe and like the collar, but he wasn't actually a I don't know. So they would call him the Bishop of Broadway. Um, he's, he's a little weird, a little eccentric. He built the theater. Yeah, in, I, that's upsetting to me, and right? I don't quite know why. I know, and I don't know if it's more or less upsetting than it was like early 1900. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, he built the theater in 1907. Um, so he was also a producer and a playwright, and he actually wrote the source material for Puccini's. Um, a couple of Puccini's operas, like Madame Butterfly, like he wrote the original material that those were based off of. Um, so talented, but what? you know, eccentric dude. Um, and he lived in an apartment above the theater, so he was there all the time, obviously. Um, all the time. So his ghost has been cited wearing his priest's robe and collar, and has been nicknamed the Monk. So apparently. I don't know. He's a bishop. He's a priest. He's a monk. I don't know. But the, they call the ghost the monk. And he, he, this ghost is said to be very lifelike. Like he has a voice and he doesn't appear like wispy or like translucent or whatever. Like he looks, he's like a, a guy. So actors would like walk out on stage and they'd see a dark figure watching them from the balcony. And that's happened a bunch of times. There are also stories of his ghost walking right up to actors, shaking their hands and telling them he liked the performance. And several male actors have filed complaints that an older man dressed as a priest pinched their butts. Okay, hold on. That (laughs) definitely might not have been a ghost. I there's like a network of these creepy dudes or they're like they'll just think okay. you're the ghost just go there <laughs> just go. precisely and i can tell you exactly what that network is called yeah. they're just like dude just fucking just go, go to that theater mm-hmm. they're gonna think you're a ghost and they're gonna be like oh no he's here and then the just ghost. get like two, two handfuls yeah and then just be on your it's way fine. yeah you know why he's I- lifelike looking because it's a person. I, I would bet that one's a... 
I would bet I would bet that one's yeah exactly a mixed bag of oh he's so lifelike it it was an actual person shaking my hand of ghost and men taking advantage of people's belief in the ghost (laughs) priests we need olive olive needs to go over there and teach people a lesson with her prominent feminism like what the Mm -hmm. fuck oh my god I don't want to interrupt your story. Are you done with this one? Um, so there's a little bit more about the Belasco. Okay, go to the Belasco. Okay. I, I just remembered a, a thing. I'm gonna oh, yeah. Down. So the, just that it's also reported to also have a female ghost who they call the Blue Lady. And the Blue Lady appears in stairways and dressing rooms. And this is like to your point about we don't know like what kind of energy. The Blue Lady appears as like an icy cold blue mist more so and there have been reports um of the sounds of like raucous parties taking place in david blasco's old apartment they think they hear people dancing to like 1920s music and stuff up there so i think they're like having a party Um, it could be the priests it could be all the all the priests um melissa Arico, who played mina in dracula the musical believes that david's ghost lives in a mirror outside of her dressing room so so one day she forgot her jacket as she was leaving and so she went back in to get it and it was dark as she's walking back in and then a small table lamp just turned on as if to light her way like it just turned itself on and then when she left the door just closed behind her so she's convinced that was david um and then the cast of dracula actually celebrated what would have been his 150th birthday with a cake and they sang happy birthday to him to try to appease him Mm. Um, he doesn't seem threatening yeah just a little creepy right so okay so in 2008 during the run of passing strange actor daniel breaker was putting on his makeup in his dressing room mirror and he saw an old man with white hair sitting behind him silently watching him so he turned around to see like what is this guy doing there and then the man who resembled nobody that was working on the show was just gone and Breaker reported the incident to the house manager because he thought, like, literally someone was lurking. And he was told, you just saw David Belasco. Um, since, so here's an interesting thing. Since the Belasco was renovated in 2010, David's ghost has been relatively quiet. In an attempt to tease him out, the creators of Hedwig and the Angry Inch actually wrote Belasco into the script when they knew the show would be there um and Shut each, up. each night neil patrick harris who played the lead in that show um and his successors after him asked if anyone in box b had seen the ghost but there were no takers nevertheless the current theater manager said i can tell you that the front door of my office suspiciously lo- suspiciously locks itself from time to time and i know it isn't me doing it Oh, he's a creep. He's a creep. Yeah. So they haven't they haven't seen him um, since there's 2010. Do- but yeah. Ooh. There, okay. There's door locking. There's like lurking behind a mirror. There's like creeping up behind and touching and just general watching. He's just a creep. He's just like a dirty old man, right? Dirty old priest. Yeah. I'm Catholic. Wannabe. I can say that. He's a dirty old like wannabe priest, apparently. I don't know. So yeah, that's it for the Belasco. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why that just made, I would also just like to say for someone who does not believe in ghosts, I am very scared of them. <laughs> and I, do- 
as you're telling these, I'm like, I don't want to see a ghost. I'd be very upset. Right. Now, now, now um, imagine like you're trying to prepare for your Broadway show and like you got to worry about ghosties. Um, I, the college in my hometown had a ghost Ooh. in the theater and um, yeah. And it, right. And I forget, he might've been like a person who like had, been there before he was like the sound guy or something and someone i knew like got a picture he i feel like he was always wearing like coattails or something like that there was something some legend like definitive about right yeah. something definitive mm-hmm. and people would see him and there were sightings and then like someone took a picture back in the 90s when you'd have to like to develop film and they got the picture back and like in the mm-hmm. doorway you could see like like a shadow of like coattails or whatever, but it had that kind of thing. And yeah, I think it was like a guy who like worked on lighting or was like in the theater or whatever. He might've like died while he was in college. And then he like haunted the theater and people were like, yes, like it was such a big thing. And I remember trying to see him at the time. I so badly like wanted to see a ghost. I wanted to like definitively see something. Mm -hmm. I want to be proven wrong. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I would love to be proven wrong, actually. Right. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So um, now I'm scared. I know. This is, we should have saved this for Halloween. Um, <laughs> so the Richard Rogers Theater is another. Um, this, this the, the Richard Rogers has red themed ghost sightings, which is interesting. So there's a lot of red decor in the theater, and often there'll be like red lipstick markings in the ladies' room that, like reappear repeatedly after they're cleaned and painted over and they're just there stall doors are known to open by themselves dressing rooms have strange sounds things like spontaneously fall off of shelves in one of the dressing rooms there have been reports of like howling sounds chandeliers moving (laughs) and the sound of people walking after hours um Multiple unrelated sightings of red-headed ghosts have been reported um, by actors, including a small child ghost during the run of In the Heights and an actor often feeling the presence of his deceased red-headed mother. Oh. Yeah. So they think red-headed ghosts are drawn to their... Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very specific. That's where all the redheads go? And they... Apparently, they like it. I don't... It's weird. Um, There's also the Eugene O'Neill Theater. So there are said to be two ghosts here, one male, one female. Um, During the run of Sweeney Todd, dangerous props like garden shears (laughs) would often fall from the upstage prop shelf just on their own. Luckily, no one was ever impaled or anything. Um, But actors have reported feeling their hair get tugged and their names whispered in their ears while on... While on stage. Fuck. Yeah. Right out of here. Right. That is so fucking, that's worse than the creepy priest. It's worse. Way, Imagine you're, in, priest. you're performing and you feel your hair getting pulled and people whispering in your ear and you're just supposed to like continue. No. 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 There's also sometimes a strong unexplained smell of lilacs downstage left. Mm. Hmm. What did someone like lilacs? I, we don't know. It's just unexplained. I know. It's interesting. I know there are no lilacs in New York City. I can like guarantee that. A, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's weird. Um, we also have the Stephen Sondheim Theater. So this is built on the site of 
Henry Miller's, the old Henry Miller's theater. Um, Kevin Duda, who played Neil Sedaka in Beautiful, the Carol King musical, he wrote in the spring of 2014 that he had stayed late one night at the theater, walked up to the stage door, and he said, I realized I had forgotten something in my dressing room. I noticed the old Henry Miller sign, which hangs over our security desk at the stage door. As I returned to the elevator to go back downstairs, I murmured under my breath, wow, I wonder what Henry Miller thinks of his sign being relegated to the stage door. And the elevator bounced, and I stopped, and I was stuck. I screamed for about five minutes, and finally, Adolf, our head of security, came to my rescue and pried the doors open. I have never said Henry Miller's name in this theater again. <laughs> so that one is like obviously can be a coincidence, right? Like it's kind of weird, terrible coincidence. It, it's like I don't blame yeah. you though, because then it's like there's this, this superstition, and it's like fine, don't say like if it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't do it. <sighs> yep. I understand the the human need to like draw. I don't know. Con- like, mm-hmm. yeah, like not conclusions. Draw yeah. like connections between things. Yeah. 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 Um, I got just a couple more. So the Gershwin. Um, oh, I is, love it. <laughs> is believed to have three ghosts. Two- Wait, didn't hold on? Didn't you say the last one had a male and a female? Uh, um, that was the Eugene O'Neill, the one oh, that would okay. like throw <laughs> garden shears at people and whisper oh, names oh, and okay, shit like that. that. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the, then, okay, got it. Yes. So the Gershwin uh, was believed to have three ghosts. Two are unnamed, and one is called Dennis. I don't know. Fucking <laughs> Dennis. Weird. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we need a list of acceptable ghost names. It's like Olive and like Belinda. Yeah. And like David Belasco. Like David yeah. Belasco. But yeah. Dennis? Dennis? Yeah. No. And people like named him that. Like that's not even like it sounds like they just like picked that and it stuck. Like what? No. I don't. Like Harold. Like. Yeah. Old, old tiny fine. names, you know? Dennis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So one of the unnamed ones wears a blue suit. <laughs> And the other one wears a white t-shirt. Um, again, it's kind of like one of those unbeknownst to one another, like multiple actors have reported feeling like the taps on their shoulder while waiting in the wings. Um, but there's like one spot in particular backstage that people have, have felt taps on their shoulders that like nobody's near them. So yeah. Um, and then the Imperial theater is the last on this list and it's believed to be haunted by the spirit of Ethel Merman, but she hasn't been cited recently. So we don't really know where Ethel is and there. There's not much info on exactly what Ethel is doing there, but supposedly she's there. You think fucking Ethel Merman has nothing better to do in the afterlife than hang out in a janky ass old theater. I call shenanigans on that. All right. (laughs) Here's my biggest takeaway. Okay. And I, I don't, I'm, if you're not done, you oh, keep going. Oh, wait, I have more. Oh. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Do you ever do your research? My takeaway applies to all of these. Okay. I, I scrolled down and I had more. I didn't see, I did my research and I just Google docs. Okay. couple, okay. couple more. So the palace is still, believed. Still, still my, my. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry, we have a little delay. Mm-hmm. My takeaway applies to all of these, and it, it p- continue, and it's going to apply to these is, is that people are assigning identities to these ghosts, and I just fear, you know, like per- Ethel Merman and Olive, like. What if it was just one of her friends? What if it was another one of the Follies? What if it's not Ethel Merman? What if it's Estelle Getty? Like, who knows? Maybe Estelle Getty wants to haunt that theater. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, there could be some identity issues here with these ghosts. Could be. I, I, yeah, I don't dispute. So, okay, the Palace Theater is believed to have more ghosts than any other Broadway house. So this is, like, where they hang out. Among them is a mysterious figure who passes open doorways late at night. There's a child ghost who plays peekaboo in the mezzanine. There's a musician dressed in white who appears in the orchestra pit and a tightrope walker who is presumably from the theater's either from the theater's vaudeville days or there are stories of there was a guy who staged like a tightrope walking like thing and he was going to walk at the top of the theater and he fell and some reports say that he died there and then some reports say he just got badly injured but he didn't die but there's a tightrope walker ghost whose appearance is said to foretell the viewer's death so people who have seen the tightrope walker have died within days following the sighting um some believe the ghost of Judy Garland lives here um, as reports that have been made that she appears by a door that was put in specifically for her near the rear of the orchestra. Yeah. The palace is intense. Hold on. I I need to go back to the tight rope walker, but I'm going to say my thing about Judy Garland. <laughs> Judy Garland has a full ass living daughter. And I just want to call shenanigans that Judy specifically, you know, maybe she splits her time though. Maybe. How do they, how do they know it's the tightrope walker again? So they, what was identifying he about looks it? like he's, I don't know if he's actually tightrope walking as a ghost or if he's like dressed like one or, or what there was actually a guy who he's wearing did. a t-shirt that's <laughs> yeah. He's wearing a t-shirt that says I heart tightrope walking. Probably. Yeah. With a Statue of Liberty on the back. Like, um, yeah, no, <laughs> like the I heart New York t-shirts. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. He's, but he, there was a real tightrope walker that didn't little like a show there. But right. Yeah. People don't know if he died or just got hurt. And it's, you know, we don't have like records of everything like we do now. So that's a little weird though. The, the one. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the Lyceum, the oldest, is the oldest continuously running theater on Broadway. It was granted landmark status in 1974, mm. and it's said to be haunted by the ghost of legendary choreographer Bob Fosse. Um, so during his life, he worked very closely with Cheetah Rivera. And when Cheetah was appearing in The Visit in 2016, it was said that the ghost of Fosse was in the balcony after strange noises and cigarette smoke were seen coming from his favorite balcony box. <laughs> yes. So that, that is, uh, that's it. That's, uh, those are the, the most haunted theaters on Broadway. I mean, I just, that's a lot of ghosts so my question to you is being being a non-believer or a believer whatever it regardless 
because you said, you know, you're, you'd be happy to be proven wrong. So Mm -hmm. what would you do if you were performing when you saw a ghost for the first time? Um, so I guess I wouldn't think it was a ghost. Mm. Uh, so I think I'm scared. Okay. So let's take like the priest, for example, my gut wouldn't be to think that it was a ghost. Mm-hmm. I would just think it was a man yeah. like creeping, creeping on me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would think all of those things were human like interactions. I, and I'm probably, I'm like knocking on wood here. I don't know what it would take for me to make the leap and go, that wasn't a human. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, like the guy who saw I'm the ghost, inter- like go through the wall. Like he was like, that's the guy who just like resigned. Cause he saw that. So that was like, not human <laughs> to him. I mean, I would probably just think that I was seeing things. He was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. right. I would too. So I would, I would just go like, what the, or I would think I was overtired. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to do that. So here's the other thing. If you come to me with a ghost story, if you're like, oh, you know, my mom died and this happened and I felt a connection to her, I'm going to be like, uh, you know, and, and, you know, our thing was, you know, the fucking, I don't know, sitsy fly and a titsy fly flew onto my lemonade at that moment. And I remembered this time we were drinking lemonade and I knew that was my mom would be like, um, actually it wasn't your mom. It was like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yeah. do the thing that I always try to like logic. Like, well, here's what could have happened. Mm-hmm. But like, I just don't believe that that's what it is. I believe there are other explanations for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would, uh, I'm looking for the thing that makes me feel like there is no other explanation for it. Right. Like mm-hmm. what would make me feel that like, and I'll, I will say like, I've had a couple instances in my life where I've really gone like, what in the fuck was that? Like, I truly can't explain it. Yeah. Um, at actually at the house I grew up in, in my hometown, my, and they were stupid little things like, we'd be upstairs and we would clearly hear the television on. And then we'd go to a down downstairs. There was a TV and then we'd go to turn it off and like, it wouldn't be on. And it's one of those things where I'm like, what could that have possibly been? And Mm -hmm. I go, well, I don't know. Maybe it was like this kind of noise or whatever. My one time in the middle of the night, my door, I was laying down in my bed and my bedroom door, the handle jiggled and tur- and like I was staring right at it because I heard the noise. Oh yeah, no. and I like and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I saw it turn and the door open, and I got up because I thought someone was in the house. Like that's what yep. I go to. So I I grabbed. I had a bottle of lotion by my bed, and I like I whipped it at the door because I thought someone would be there, and then I like. I don't know. It was a weapon, I guess. So in, in that. <laughs> a bottle of lotion. It's like, you're going to make it a pair of pair of pace pants, like Ross and friends. Like. 
<laughs> oh, you're gonna be so moisturized. It's like yeah. Home Alone. You like s- squirt the lotion on the floor so they slip and fall. You create like booby Whoa. traps. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had wall-to-wall carpeting, baby. That house was built in 1978. Oh yeah. Um, of course. But, then. So my reaction, my initial reaction wasn't it's a ghost. My <laughs> initial reaction was someone's opening my bedroom door. Someone's opening my bedroom door. Yeah. But then after that moment, and the door just opened a little bit, and I there was no one I went and I checked there was no one there like no one I think my sister might have been away I don't know everyone was asleep and I was like what the fuck what the fuck like that was one that I have a hard time getting around and Mm. I I saw it so clearly with my eyes it wasn't like I wasn't half sleeping I was like settling in to go to bed Mm -hmm. so that that's something I can't explain Mm -hmm. but I still go to the like there has to be an explanation for that Mm -hmm. I'm a real yeah 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 i i get it yeah Mm. yeah i just think um i can't yeah i can't even really fathom like you're saying the thing i would have to see to to feel like i'm seeing a ghost but i sure as hell no i wouldn't want it to happen while i was performing like on stage or at a gig or doing something like that like i think you're so I don't know. Like your mind is so in the zone of, I don't know. It's doing something. It's like, so in the zone of like, you're being something else that I don't even know if you can, like you would be able to fathom like what you're seeing as, I don't know. It just is so, so bizarre, but you know, it wouldn't like, I wouldn't put it past a bunch of like theater, theater kids to want to still hang out at the theater once they died. So (laughs) I can totally see theater ghosts. Like, you know how every high school has like the weird theater kid that graduated, but won't leave. And he like comes, he stops by like the musical rehearsals and he's like there. It's like the, it's like the dead version of that. Like what it is. Yeah. It's like, Hey guys, we're going to go down the quarry after this. And yeah. Shotgun a few Budweiser's. Uh That's how kids talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And not only that, imagine you have to keep going back to that place every night and right. like going like the woman who thought he was living in a mirror outside her dressing room. Like if that's really creeping you out and you really believe that, like you have to go back to that place every night and do your fucking job and like yeah. get on stage and perform and like be focused. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. a priest might touch me. Yeah. And get your hair pulled and like whatever. Like, ugh bizarre i want i do wonder i would like to know like what makes people feel like that's not a human Mm. interaction like the presence yeah i don't know i don't know you tell us we'll tell you you tell me specifically (laughs) because i want to know and then i'll tell you well yeah so that's the uh yeah, that's the rabbit hole that Greg uh, inadvertently sent me down. So if you didn't like what you hear, uh, blame Greg um, for that. <laughs> Your enemy. Yes. When um, we say tell an enemy, we mean Greg. Greg specifically. Yeah. But uh-huh. ooh, on that note, I guess, then Terry, what are you listening to? Oh my God. I just want to share that. Um, so I started a new job mm-hmm. and this week and in that office, 
there is a boombox no. from Sorry. 1997. And it's haunted. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah. Haunted with sick tunes. <laughs> it plays um, cassette tapes, <laughs> but Terry would not play It does. It, <laughs> it has a cassette, um, uh, like a cassette Oh my God, tape I don't even deck, know what to call it. Right? Tape, tape deck tape in it. Deck. But it's a boom, a boom box, you know, one like about shoulder width, the kind that would have been like a big purchase back yeah. in the 90s. Oh yeah. And it has a radio. It has a tape deck. I actually can't remember. It might have the CD um, deck on top. I, I'm going to have to look at it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, but it is on constantly i'm replacing this woman who's a very sweet woman she's retiring and uh it is on 105.7 wror all the time uh which is she brought up a good point she was like this is the only thing that like everyone can agree on like mm -hmm. how are you going to find a radio station that everyone likes and it is it is just like 70s and 80s rock mm -hmm. And there's a lot of heart. There's a lot of prints. Nice. Um, the number one, I will actually say there aren't a ton of replayed songs. I mean, there are, mm -hmm. but not in the, like, not in the same if you were listening to top 40. Okay. That's right? good. There's like that the, could get annoying if you're hearing the, the same songs in the morning and in the afternoon and yeah. Yeah, like if you're listening to Top 40, they have like the Power 5 or whatever. Yeah. So um, it doesn't have that because they have like decades to span. And I will say they do have some 90s in there. There's some like Hootie, some Tom Petty. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think maybe Goo Goo Dolls, but mm -hmm. um, it's Heart, it's Prince. Uh, the number one highest replayed song that we hear, it's the only song I have heard every single day since I've been there, is Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, and... <laughs> I've never really liked that song anyway. And now I'm really fucking sick of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the rest of it is great. It's just like, it is a fucking romp. It's an, it's a fun time. I know you deleted the eighties, so you won't be able to listen to it. <laughs> I will keep the seventies and the nineties stuff though. <laughs> it's great though. It's like, so I'm not recommending one specific thing, but I guess just put your radio on 105.7 for a while. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Find your local seventies and eighties rock station and yeah, just jam out, <laughs> jam out. Yeah. I love it. I, I just never listen to the radio anymore. And the only place I ever would is in my car. And even then I'm usually listening to like a podcast or whatever playlist or something on your Spotify or what. And right. so that's like my third day in there. I was like, this radio station is kind of bomb. Mm -hmm. She was like, Oh really? And so she was playing it down. And that's why I was like, this is awesome. I'm like really into this. She goes, this is the only thing that like everyone can kind of get on board with. That's so funny. So, and I, I was like, I haven't listened to the radio in years. Like Forever. I just, on my phone. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm -hmm. so that's cool. I'm going to like work off of that because yeah, I haven't listened to the radio and we took like a, a drive, kind of a long drive, Tom and I um, last weekend and like on that drive and like anytime I'm in the car with him and where like we put on the regular radio, he somehow knows like all of the songs on like, the top 40 i'm like where how 
how do you, and he's been going in to, to work. So he works in manufacturing. So he has to like go to do his job. So he's been driving, but it's not a long commute. I'm like, you drive like, it's like 18 minutes. Like, how do you even get in that many songs? Like, how do you know all of these songs? And he'll just like start singing along to like all the choruses of all the songs. So he's like, cause I listen to the radio, which he's like, you're always listening to podcasts and whatever. And I'm like, okay. So the other day I had to go somewhere and like, this is a big thing. Cause I don't drive anywhere now. Right. So I drove, I had yeah. to go somewhere that's like 10 minutes away. So I'm like, I'm just going to like leave, put the radio on and just like let it whatever's on and on my way home this song came on and I was like I loved it I was like oh my god I this song is so good so then I like went home and I looked it up and (laughs) I was like playing it that afternoon because if I like something I have to listen to it like 25 times on repeat to like really listen and let it sink in Mm -hmm. you have to let it sink in yeah yeah So I did that. And then Tom came home and I was like, Hey, I know you probably already know it, but do you know this song? Like, so I played it and he's like, Oh yeah, of course. I was like, what? (laughs) So I was like, okay, when you hear a song like this, like come home and tell me because it's gorgeous and I love it. Like be, keep your ears out for like things that I'm going to like and like share it with your wife. Come on. Yeah, he should. So anyway, the song is called This City and the artist is uh, Sam Fisher. It's very much like a... It's like this, we built this city. <laughs> yeah, I think it's We new. built this city. <laughs> Brand new. Um, yeah, but no, it's very much like a male pop mid-tempo ballad kind of like it's very... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if Ed Sheeran and who's the other guy... Mm. oh fuck um uh is it, hold on i'm gonna look is it, it up lewis lewis capaldi <laughs> is it ned sheer oh god now i'm playing music and i oh we can't have this pop up on our podcast we're gonna get sued by lewis capaldi um lewis capaldi he does the song someone you loved which was like super popular like Oh, last year or whatever. But it's it, as if like he and Ed Sheeran had like a love child would be kind of this song. Ooh. And then I have to admit though, there I feel like there is kind of a male version of indie girl voice that's like popping up. And I kind of think on. I kind of think this guy has it. I need you to listen to it and just like well we can review it on next episode because I think it's kind of happening. There's male okay. indie voice, but I but I like his voice. Like I like his voice. He has, he's very smooth and he has like, he does all these really cool little like trills and things that are just like very natural and in his voice, which are just cool. But yeah, um, yeah, it's seamless for him. Yes. Um, but yeah, listen to it. We, we can discuss if we think male indie voice is <sighs> I becoming am a thing. so fucking excited. <laughs> um, I don't oh. know. I feel bad because I don't know any of like the current music because oh boy, I, know. I, know. I like I don't listen to top forty. The only time I've listened to the radio in the past few years is when I put it on recently. I talked about the oldie, the oldies station one hundred three point three, and yeah. so like I pretty much listen to it when I'm like I want to listen to quote unquote oldies, which is now nineties music, and now for the that seventies and eighties station that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> any of these songs yeah i like i used to be so on it when i was teaching middle school because i had to know like what the kids were listening to 
So now I get like little bits and pieces from like my nieces and nephews. And I, I do try to just listen to it because I'm curious and mm. I like to know. I, but I also, I liked hip hop until about, oh, now I'm really getting into this. Like, I don't like any modern music, but like, it's like a lot of it is now like trap music and that kind of like mumble rap, which I'm just, I'm like not feeling it. So yeah. I don't even listen to like, the hip hop stations anymore because even yeah. that I think I've finally aged out of like <laughs> all all current music I think it officially just happened but I keep I like to keep and I'm not against it I'm not like yeah. I won't listen to um I just don't leave it on because it hasn't really been hitting with me mm-hmm. but I like to keep an open mind to it there's can always be something out there that'll hit and you know if there is I'll give it a shot yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want you to listen to this song and we can um, have a discussion about if indie male indie voice is a thing now. Okay. So is it, is it just him or was there like another instance of it? I feel like it's, I feel like it's kind of almost, it's like every like male solo male pop artist now that's it's like increasing like the little affect is like increasing as time goes on but i can probably find some more examples of it but i think he might be like the the male version of it we'll see yeah we'll see he's the he is the lord of Uh male yeah Uh um maybe i'll put it on top 40 as i get in the car tomorrow just to give it a shot and see if i hear any and then go holy fucking shit yeah just like indie guy even like go on like a spotify list and then you just have to listen to like the first like 30 seconds of a song and then you know just keep going and see if we can find any and if you guys out there know like if you have an opinion on this let us know yeah We'll if you want to tell me I'm wrong about ghosts and part <laughs> and current pop music, please. Do. Please. The in, an interesting thing about this song, um, this city, is that when I went to go look it up, I re- I noticed that there are like 47 rem- like remixes of it, and they're not actually remixes; they're just the song with different other artists singing the second verse and the later like in the choruses and stuff. So they're like duets with a bunch of different style artists so there's like a duet with a like a latin artist and that's singing in spanish and then there's a duet with a country artist and there's a duet with a female artist so it's like but it's just the same song it's old town road he like ripped off the (laughs) old town road it's like but it's like they just made like 57 versions of the song and they're like this is going to get famous in some format in whatever fucking format and we'll just put whoever on this song. Like, I don't know if it's brilliant marketing or if it's cheap. Like, I don't know. I mean, it worked, it worked for old town road. So I guess, I guess, I guess. Who am I to, so, yeah. And yeah. I, I do see it. So I'm gonna yeah, um, check it out. Yeah. But I like the regular, like just him version the best out of them. So yeah. So anyhow, yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, I guess that, yeah, if you liked what you heard here, then you should probably um, seek a ghost podcast to listen to because <laughs> I don't know. And uh, tell your friends to listen to this episode in particular. And if, you, and if you didn't like what you heard, you should tell a ghost huh. that, that's been haunting you mm-hmm. to listen. A ghost enemy. 
a ghost enemy. Yeah. <laughs> a, go- a ghost priest. Yes. Yes. God. All right. Well. All right, everyone. Goodbye. Keep gigging? <laughs> Question mark. It's if if you were married, you'd be getting divorced. So it's really yeah, good. Thing. I'm actually I'm going to marry him when we get off of this, and then to, just to divorce him, so I can divorce him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> God. Ugh.